Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I am your host, Nelia Hutt. Um, today, I am so excited for this episode. Um, this is a moment that I don't think I'm going to forget. So today we have the one, the only Mr. Pat Quinn on the Giving Starts With You podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. The honor is all mine. Mr. Pat Quinn, he is a world-renowned presentation coach. And today he's coming to speak to the audience about telling your story and why it's so important um, to get our story out there. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Pat, he has been entertaining, inspiring and educating audiences for over 30 years. As former professional magician, Mr. Quinn learned the art of commanding a stage early in his career. As a high school teacher, he specialized in teaching an audience at every level. As a professional consultant and speaker, he has keynoted the biggest conferences and spoken to audiences around the world. Mr. Quinn has consulted with professional speakers, pastors, and business leaders to help them improve their presentation skills and more effectively deliver their message. And I have to say, this is exactly what he did for me. So, Pat, I don't know if you know this, but I was part of the um, Rise Up Challenge and have been wanting to tell my story for a very long time, but was always, never was really confident and never, you know, was a little bit um, afraid of, of getting it out there. And it wasn't until I met you through that group that you gave me the courage and the strength to go ahead and do it, do it imperfectly and just get better at it. So I just want to say thank you so much. Honestly, it's it really has changed. Um, it's changed my confidence. And it's one of the reasons why I started this show. Um, I've been wanting to do it for a while. And it wasn't until that challenge and listening to you speak and, and teach everything that you taught that I just took the plunge and the group has been very supportive ever since. So thank you. Well, you're welcome and you're you're certainly not alone. There's so many uh, people who have a story to tell and they're waiting until that story is perfect before they tell it or they're waiting until they're ready before they tell it. And if you wait until it's perfect, you're never gonna tell it. If you wait until you're ready, you'll never be ready. I'm just a big believer in getting out there and sharing your story, even though it's not perfect, even though you might say um and ah, or you might forget the story halfway through it because you, the first time you do it, it's probably going to be ugly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to forget things. But you can't have a second time until you have a first time. So why don't we get that first time out of the way? I think everybody wants to jump ahead to time 100 where you're smooth and you remember it all and you're funny. 
but you can't get, you can't jump ahead. You have to have those first 99 tries. And every time you do it, you'll get a little bit better. Every time you do it, you'll grow in your confidence a little bit more. But here's the big thing. Every one of those 99 practices helps the person who's hearing your story. When you share your story, as imperfect as it is, other people find out that they're not alone in their struggles. When you share your story, other people find out that there are solutions to problems that they're still struggling with. And when you share your story, somebody out there is going to find hope just because you imperfectly shared your story when you weren't ready and you helped someone. So I love the idea of 99 practice versions before you get ready. I just know that the 99 people who hear you tell that story are all gonna benefit from your 99 practices. I love that. My first time I ugly cried live on Facebook. So thank you so much for that. But you're right, I think, um, and people can connect with you better. It's just, yeah, and it's so healing. I, I was gonna ask you, um, so we all have a story to tell, but I think we find it hard to talk about struggles, right? Everybody has, and I don't know why that is because I was also part of that, but it's just, we're all human. We all have something that we need to get off our chest to talk about. And a lot of those times it helps other people. Um, what do you think is the most important reason why we should even tell, share our stories with other people? Well, I think there's two big misconceptions out there. The first misconception is that your story isn't big enough, special enough, good enough. You hear other people telling their stories on social media and it's like, well, I don't have something like that. My story's ordinary, my story's boring, or my story's not, doesn't have a happy ending like that. And I just want everybody who's listening to hear these words. Your story is enough. Your story, just as it is, it doesn't need to be embellished. It doesn't have to be more exciting or less exciting. It doesn't have to have a happy ending. Your story is enough to help people. As a matter of fact, you are uniquely qualified to help people just like you. And the longer you hold that story in, there's people just like you who are struggling with the exact same thing you are or were struggling with, who think that they're the only ones struggling with that. I remember the first time I stood up at a parenting presentation and, and said that sometimes I scream at my kids. Uh, you could just feel the room relax because I was giving a parenting presentation. They thought I was going to be the perfect parent. And I was like, sometimes I'm not even, I like, I, I love my kids, but I don't like them. Sometimes I scream at them. And the room was just like, you do too? And suddenly we opened up the conversation. And if I would have kept that story inside because it didn't make me look good or because I, I didn't think it was special because the story was really just about me yelling at my kids one day, it was like I, I, I shared it and other people will help. So the first thing I want you to know is that your story is enough. You know, I coach somebody who's climbed to the top of Mount Everest. I coach two different people who've been in space. I coach two different astronauts on their presentations. And when they tell those stories, how many other people in the room can relate to them? Like nobody, because nobody else has ever been in space. I coach someone else who talks about, you know, arguing with their spouse about whether the toilet paper should come out over the top of the roll or under the bottom of the roll. And when they tell that story, how many other people in the room can relate to that? Everybody in the room. I don't think a one in a million story is the best story in the world. I think it helps one in a million people. I think if you have a one in every household story, 
that's the powerful story. That's the story that could have real impact on this world and on other lives and on other people. So do not ever have story envy. Your story is enough. I think the second misconception is that I don't want to tell my story. My story makes me look bad. Or in my story, I'm not the hero or I'm flawed. And I think the misconception there is that people don't want you to be perfect. They really don't. If you stand up and you perfectly deliver a perfect story and you're perfect in it, who's that helping? I don't want to be around you. I'd feel bad every time I'm around you if you're so perfect. We want people who are flawed. We want to spend time with people who are flawed. And we want your presentation to be flawed too. We want you to have some ums and some ahs and we want you to ugly cry in the middle of it. And we want you to forget it halfway through because that reminds us that you're just like us. That reminds us that you're struggling too. The purpose of story is to connect us, not separate us. And if your story is one in a million, you're separating yourself from the person you're speaking to. And if your story is perfect or you're perfect in your story, you are really separating yourself from the purpose person you're speaking to. So the reason it's so important to tell your story is to connect. And you can't do that if the story is kept inside you. You can't do that if you're perfect in the story. You have to be flawed. You have to show your flaws. And when you do that, you help people every single time. I think that's incredible. This, my whole podcast, so I interview lots of um, different people and they come on and some of the stories um, or all of their stories are very inspiring and very um, impactful. But there are some people that come on that have come on my show and have told their story for the first time. And although there is a lot of bravery and courage that goes along with that, um, they thank me for being able to come on because it really, really helps them. And since I've interviewed some of these folks, um, they have now told their story numerous times, like you're saying it takes 99 times. And now they're writing a book about it. And now they're writing, you know, this is only a span of, of six months. So that's what I love about how you teach what you teach, because you make it relatable, you make it easy for us to understand, you make it um, yeah, because we all have pain in common, you know, just if you're if you're out there and you're giving the story and it, you're you're being perfect in it, you're not being real. That's exactly right. And I think when people recognize that they'll start to realize they have more than one story. Like most people have dozens of stories of, you know, I have a parenting story about struggling with parenting. I have a career story about struggling in my career. I have a speaking story about struggling with my speaking. I have a ballroom dancing story that doesn't have a happy ending about struggling to learn how to ballroom dance. I mean, when, when you start to think about all the different areas in life that you have a journey, that you have a story arc, that you have a, an evolution, I mean, you've got, you're a multi-dimensional person with multi-dimensional stories. And if our goal is to connect, we'll choose the right story for the right setting. And we'll, we'll just be sharing stories all the time. And, and the world is a better place when that happens. We're a more united place. We trust each other more. We love each other more. And only good things can happen when more people are telling their story. Yeah, I love that very much. And, and I really enjoy, uh, we went to uh, Guatemala, my family and I, and we did, um, started a music program down there. And the most favorite thing that I experienced was listening to the stories of the people there. And they didn't care how they told it. They just, you know, I'm sure they told it many times and, and you do get better at it. 
but you have like the perfect way of how to perfect your delivery of your stories, right? So you're great at this, like I must say. <laughs> well, there is a good way to tell a story and a bad way to tell a story. Uh, so although I want you to tell your story, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not, you know, if it's not ready, I want you to tell your story, but you need to recognize if you get a little bit better at this, you would help more people, impact more people, and your message would get out to the world. And so I want to teach everybody here the three-part storytelling model. It doesn't take a long time to tell a story. So rule number one, if it's taking you 10 minutes to tell your story, you're telling it wrong. Okay? You're not helping yourself if you take 10 minutes to tell the story. And you're not helping the person you're speaking to if it takes you 10 minutes to tell your story. It actually only takes three minutes to tell the story. The best stories are two and a half minutes long and they have three distinct parts. So the first part of any great story is what we call the before. The before is what your life was like before. And you have 60 seconds to tell us what your life was like before. If it takes five minutes to tell us what your life was like before, you gotta cut stuff. You're telling us too much. I'm sure you have details in there that the story will make sense without. Just tell us three things about what your life was like before. You have 60 seconds, then stop yourself. The second of the three parts, the middle section, is called the pivot. That's when things changed. That's when the story turned. And you have 30 seconds to tell us about the pivot. Tell us what happened. Tell us what changed. Which brings us to the third and final part. So the first part is 60 seconds on what your life was like before. The second section is 30 seconds on what changed, which brings us to section three, the last section. You get 60 seconds to tell us what your life is like now or what your life is like after the change. And you only get 60 seconds. If it takes you five minutes to do this, you're doing it wrong. Cut something. Just boil it down to three things. And it'd be great if those three things matched up with the three things you told us before. So there was this nice contrast. I went from this to this. I went from this to this. And I went from this to this. So for years, I struggled uh, with my weight. And my weight went up and down and up and down. And every afternoon, I just craved snacks. Like I can consume 1,500 calories between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock every afternoon. And I was tired. I, my energy in the afternoon would just dip. I'd take an, a nap almost every afternoon. There it was, 60 seconds, three things about my life before. Then at Thanksgiving, my sister introduced me to overnight oats. Oh my, overnight oats. You simply put them in oatmeal and milk in the fridge the night before, and the next day you've got this beautiful creamy food that just fills you up. And now I have them every day for breakfast and for lunch each day. And since Thanksgiving, I've lost 16 pounds. Since Thanksgiving, I no longer have the urge to snack in the afternoon. I go right from lunch to dinner, and sometimes I'm not even hungry at dinner. And my energy is level and strong all across the whole day. So there you have it, a perfect three-act play. There's a before, which took 60 seconds. There's a pivot, which took less than 30 seconds. And there's an after, which took 60 seconds. Now, if you were somebody who was listening and was struggling with your weight or cravings or afternoon energy, I just, I just made it very attractive for you to start Googling overnight oats. I should actually take a commission from the oatmeal company just for telling that story. 
because when you're when you're before looks like the person you're talking to and you're after looks like what the person you're talking to wants they're going to ask you about the pivot they're going to want the pivot they're going to pay you for the pivot they're going to do anything to get the pivot and if you say you know the solution is this this vitamin they'll start taking that vitamin if you say the solution is this meditation practice they're going to start doing that meditation practice you you get to pick the story but don't take 10 minutes to tell it because when you take 10 minutes to tell it the person who you're talking to their mind is just wandering all over the place when you take three minutes to tell it they're engaged you get through it quicker and you actually help the person that you're talking to so great stories are three minutes or less they have three distinct parts before pivot or after and those are the stories that change a lot of lives it is hard to get like when you're when you're starting it is you need direction on how to how to get that in the 30 you know 30 seconds two minute you do need that but it's true once you get it down like once i got my story down and i could read it i'm like okay it tells them everything they need to know one great technique if you if you if your story is too long and you have it like written out on a word document or something try cutting each sentence and if the story makes sense without that sentence, leave it out. If suddenly the story doesn't make sense, leave it in. So I can tell you a story about going to spring break. I was living in uh, Chicago at the time and we were gonna go to spring break just south of Houston and uh, Corpus Christi, but we were, gonna, uh, we were gonna fly into Houston and then from Houston to Corpus Christi. And we got on the airplane in O'Hare and it was a little late, it was an hour late. Uh, because of some bad weather in Chicago. And when we got up, we were at about 28,000 feet. And this lady who was sitting next to me was had her headphones on, but they weren't connected. So her phone was just like playing the music. And then all of a sudden, the airbags dropped down, the oxygen mass dropped down in the airplane. Now, that story took me like a minute and a half to tell. But there's a lot in there that the story makes perfect sense without. Like that story is basically... I was on an airplane one day and the oxygen mask dropped. Like that's the same story in 10 words. Now, could I cut, I was on an airplane one day. No, I can't cut that. Cause then the story would be, I was sitting in my seat one day and the oxygen mask dropped. And people are like, your desk has an oxygen mask or your car has an oxygen mask. So I have to put you in the airplane or it doesn't make sense. We have to be up in the air or it's not quite as scary, but spring break, unnecessary. Houston, unnecessary. A second flight from Houston to Corpus Christi, unnecessary. The lady next to me, unnecessary. I mean, the story works without all those details. So try cutting any sentence and see if the story still makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, put the sentence back in. If it does make sense, get rid of the sentence and you'll have much shorter stories every single time. That's a great tip. Honestly, that's take out the fluff, right? For me, it's like, I almost feel like you're saying too, keep the suspense in there, but it's okay to add the emotion, right? Because some of our stories, like I know for me, when I tell my story, I have a lot of emotion that I want to get through because then it kind of teaches you between the before and after too. For me, that's the best way to show somebody is through like, so would you say that that's okay? Uh, the emotion is absolutely okay. The best way to do that is to take us into a room in a first person point of view, where we can see what you see, hear what you hear, feel what you feel, and allow us into your head and tell us your thoughts. Rather than saying I was sad at the time, 
take us into a room and describe your thoughts. So one of the people that I coach is Adrian. Uh, Adrian one day got a mortgage bill that she could not pay and it was past due and she was going to lose her house and her house was going to be foreclosed on. So she had to have a yard sale where she sold her kids toys in the front yard. And she tells the story about being in the front yard when a pickup truck pulls up to pick up the Fisher Price plastic kitchen. And she's helping the guy load the plastic kitchen onto the back of her pickup truck and she can hear screaming and she looks back toward the house and her two young children are in the front window screaming as their favorite toy is being loaded onto someone else's pickup truck and being driven away. And now she's got you in that room in her front yard. She's got you seeing what she sees, her kids in the front window. She's got you hearing what she's hearing. Like you can picture young kids screaming, but they're not with you. They're through a window and you can barely hear them. And the traffic's driving by on the road and the pickup truck's got the tailgate that you hear go up. I mean, you can hear it, you can see it. And most importantly, she doesn't have to tell you that her heart is breaking at that moment. She doesn't have to tell you that she's afraid to be homeless, that she's disappointed in herself, that she's embarrassed that she's gonna be foreclosed on. She doesn't have to tell you that she's struggling. It's, it's in there. And so the best way to create that emotion, create it quickly and to allow the audience to feel it is to pick a room to take us into. I think the mistake a lot of people do is they tell their story from a third person omnipresent point of view. And they don't actually tell their story. They, they narrate their story like a third party narrator. I'm like I was really sad at the time. Don't tell me you were sad. Take us into a room and let me know what you were thinking and it will be obvious you were sad. And let us see the room, let us hear the room, let us smell the room. And that will change everything. And so uh, I think a mistake a lot of people do is to remove themselves as, from the story and almost narrate the story when I'd rather have you take us into the moment and let us jump into your mind where you can just let us know your stream of conscious thoughts at the moment. And the audience will be so emotionally attached to you. More importantly, they'll learn from you, they'll listen to you, they'll engage with you. It's just a great way to tell your story. And I think we've all been in a place where um, we've heard somebody's story and it's impacted us so much that we know it's like, when you hear it and it's that powerful, you just connect with it right away. And it does take practice, but I think it's so important that we all um, learn the skill that you're teaching because not only will it make us connect with people, but it will help us too. It'll help us heal through our stories. If we keep things to ourselves and we suppress things, I can tell you from experience, it is not what you want to do. You know, it's okay to be, to be imperfect and just do it. Just try. Yeah, I think we watch speakers on Facebook or we watch speakers on YouTube and we think, I can't tell a story like that, so I'm not going to tell my story. And here's what you need to know. The person that you're watching on Facebook or the person you're watching on YouTube, they couldn't tell their story like that two years ago either, but they did it anyway. This is why I wish every good speaker, everybody who has a TED talk or everybody who has a motivational talk on YouTube or everybody who's out there going, you rah, rah on Facebook. I think you should be required when you give a good talk or a good story online, you should be required to also give us a link to your first story which was not good, which was not funny, and which was not well told. Because that lets the rest of us know there's hope for us. 
we're that same person. We just haven't told it as many times and we still haven't helped as many people. And once again, I know this. I know that there is someone in this world right now who is struggling with the same problem that you struggled with. They're struggling with a problem that you've solved or even if you haven't solved it, you're on your journey to solving it. You're on your path to solving. And that person who I'm thinking about right now, who's still struggling with that problem, they are going to continue to struggle every day for the rest of their lives until they hear your story. If you get nervous when you tell your story, if you get stage fright, even though you're only telling it to one person, or if you get shaky, or you got a voice in your head that says nobody wants to hear this, or uh, you're not good at this, you're thinking about the wrong person. You're thinking about how you will look, how you will sound, and how you will feel when you finish telling the story poorly, or you finish forgetting the story, or you finish screwing this up. What you should be thinking about is the person who needs to hear that story today. Because I know this, there is a person who needs to hear your story today. They are struggling with a problem that you have solved and they will continue to struggle until they hear your story. And here's the other thing you need to know about this. I can't tell them your story. I can't tell them your story because I'm different than you. If you're a single mom, and they're a single mom. They need to hear it from a single mom. They don't need to hear it from me. If you've experienced something that they've experienced, they don't need to hear that from me. They need to hear it often from someone who looks like them, often from someone who sounds like them, often from someone who has a host of other problems and strengths that they also have. No one else can tell your story. You are uniquely equipped to reach a certain group of people. It's different than the group of people that I am uniquely equipped to reach. And I remember the first time I was on, on stage, and I forget who, I was on stage with some people that are household names that you would know. Because I coach sharks from Shark Tank. I coach Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi from the KBB Project. I coach people who you see on YouTube and Facebook all the time. And I was on stage with a bunch of people and I, and I mentioned that I was an introvert. And oh my word, my inbox was so full when I got back to my email because there were all the introverts in the world came out and said, finally, an introvert who's speaking to us instead of one of these people who just like loves to talk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. I'm an introvert, it's hard, but I do it anyway because I know there are other introverts out there who need to hear from one of us, who need to hear that this is possible even though you're an introvert who need to hear that, yes, there is a voice in my head every time I turn on the camera or every time I step on stage saying, nobody wants to hear what you have to say today and you're not smart enough, good enough or special enough to be in front of this group of people. And for you highly confident extroverts out there, you just were like, I, I don't even know what this guy is talking about for the last 60 seconds. But for the rest of you introverts, and people who have that voice in your head, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you can't hear this message from an extrovert, you have to hear it from me. And some of you can't hear it from me because I'm a guy. You need to hear it from somebody who looks like you and has struggled with what you've struggled with. And that's why it's not so important that there's just one person out there talking about the issue that you're struggling with. 
it's important that every person out there who has struggled with what you're struggling with is telling the story because you will reach a unique group of people that I can't reach because you have things in your story that I don't have. And some people can only hear the story from people who look like them, sound like them and have struggled with what they've struggled with. And so I just, if you're nervous or you're embarrassed or you're thinking you're gonna look bad, you're thinking about the wrong person. You're thinking about yourself. And I want you to take a moment each day that you don't tell your story and remind yourself that there is somebody out there still struggling with a problem that you have solved and they're gonna struggle for one more day because you didn't tell your story today. And when you start thinking about the other person, you start walking around the grocery store being like, should I tell that person my story? They could be struggling. They kind of look like they're struggling with what I'm struggling with. You start thinking about posting on social media, not the, oh, hashtag blessed things, but the hashtag really struggling today things. Because there's somebody out there looking over their social media right now who needs to hear that they are not the only one struggling with this today. And you start to look at every opportunity of meeting people on the phone, on Zoom, on webinars, on social media as an opportunity that maybe they're struggling with the same thing and not talking about it just like I'm not talking about it. And if I would bring it up, even in a, even in a casual way, even just mention it, well, maybe that would really help. And, you know, I, I talk to people all over about, you know, my kids struggled with anxiety. Um, both my daughters did. They struggled with anxiety. One of them was afraid to go to school for a whole year. And it's hard when you're a parent and you're watching your kids struggle like this. But the reason I tell you that is because I know some of you right now have kids who are struggling with anxiety. And just by mentioning it, you feel a little less alone. And you feel like, okay, well, what's happening with his kids now? And if I told you one of my daughters just got engaged, my other daughter is a graduate student at, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I hear there's some really good colleges in Cambridge, Massachusetts, like Harvard and MIT. You'd be like, hey, maybe there's some real solutions out there for this. And for the first time, some of you have hope. Some of you have hope that this nightmare that you're living in with kids who are afraid and kids who have fears and kids who are isolated and kids who are alone, like there's hope. There's hope that I know someone else who made it through this. And so there must be solutions out there and I'm not alone and there is hope. Now, I don't know who needed to hear that, but I'm confident that people need to hear that because one day years ago, I needed to hear it. Because one day years ago, I was struggling alone without solutions and with no hope with a child suffering with anxiety. And I'm so thankful that a different parent who you will never meet, whose story probably won't resonate with you because they don't live where you live and they don't look like you look like, but they lived near where I lived and they looked like what I look like, came to me and said, you know, my kids used to struggle with anxiety and it gave me hope. And so I'm just a believer that it, the longer you keep this in, the longer you're stopping yourself from reaching your full destiny, from realizing your full purpose on earth, and from helping the people who need you to help them right here, right now, today. Thank you so much for that, for saying that, because it's one of the things, loneliness is uh, an, a huge, huge problem. Um, and 
you know, we all suffer from different things and just feeling they're hard enough to deal with. But when you feel like there's you're alone in something, then it's it's unbearable. You just you don't know where to start. There's no movement. There's nothing. And I think sometimes sharing, although it's hard and like you said, you will need practice and get better at it. I think that sharing or not sharing it is selfish. You get to a point where when you get over being um, afraid and you do think of, you know, who are you doing this for, then you you have a responsibility to share it if you can help other people. That's how I feel anyway. I agree. And social media just feeds into it. I mean, what if we started a revolution and, and for a month, we should pick a month like no shave November. We should pick like, you know, uh, March, like, no positive postings on Facebook in March. Just post the stuff in your life that sucks. And you're allowed to post a post on Facebook that says I didn't want to get out of bed today, but you can't do that below a picture of you on a treadmill. You have to actually post that with a picture of you still in bed today. Yeah. And actually say I didn't get out of bed today. And that's how I felt all that's how I felt all week. What if what if we said March there was no positive postings on Facebook? Just post your worst stuff. I tell you, there'd be a group of perfect people in the world who would leave Facebook and go find somewhere else where they can share their hashtag uh, my life is perfect and my kids are perfect stories. But for the rest of us, we'd be like, holy cow, I'm not the only one who sometimes doesn't get out of bed because I can't even face the thought of facing today. By the way, it's Wednesday. It's been like this three days in a row now. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like nobody posts that. And if you do, you do it under a picture of you on the other side of the valley. Like, oh, struggled with my mood this week, but it's Friday and I bake cupcakes with sprinkle frosting. It's like, no, it's Friday and I just ate all 12 cupcakes because I hate myself. Like post the real stuff. Stop posting the perfect pictures. And I just think, you know, we're never going to win that on social media, but we could start the revolution. We could be a lone voice in the wilderness on social media. And, and again, if you're the only person, like, let's say you have a hundred friends or let's say like me, you have 20 friends, uh, and 19 of your friends are posting pictures of themselves on the treadmill, all smiling and not sweating. I don't know how that works. Um, and I post a picture of myself in bed saying, I, I can't get out of bed today. There is somebody who friends with me or follows me or whatever social media you're on. There's somebody watching me who is just as sick of the other 19 people all happy on this day and instead need to hear. And they're going to reach out immediately to me. They're not going to reach out to the person on the treadmill, not sweating and say, oh, how'd you do it? They're going to reach out to me and be like, finally, a voice of reality. Finally, somebody who looks like me, sounds like me and thinks like me. And again, that's not for everybody. And I can't do it for your people. Like, first of all, they don't, they aren't friends with me, so it wouldn't reach them. But second of all, even if they were friends with me, it wouldn't mean as much coming from me because you have more in your story than I have. You have different in your story than I have in my story. Some people need to hear it from young people because they're young. Some people need to hear it from people who are widowed because they're widowed. Some people need to hear it from people who struggled with addiction because they've struggled with addiction and I haven't. So I can tell the story, but it's not going to connect with them because I haven't. And so, you know, I'd love to see a social media revolution where we 
a month and just post the real stuff instead of posting the perfect. We post like the ugly pictures of our kids and we post our, our kids struggling. Because anybody who has kids know that kids struggle and anybody who parents knows that you struggle. And anybody in a marriage knows that you struggle and anybody who's left a marriage knows that you struggle. And anybody who's never been married knows that you struggle, but nobody will post that. And the, and the longer we go before we tell our stories, the longer other people are going to struggle feeling alone. And, you know, when you are in the dark uh, place in your life and you're seeing all these happy people on social media, nothing makes you feel more lonely than doing that. So, you know, you know, and I think a lot of us do that. We compare um, to these fake personas on, on Facebook and on different social media. And it's almost like the people that project the perfect lives are the ones that are hiding the most. So I don't know. We, I don't think any of us, we all, we all have something. I don't think anybody escapes life. I think part of that is that the, the people who are experiencing good things or posting good things or telling people about all the good things i think they're better at collecting their stories to tell like i think they they're better at i struggled for years to collect my stories and keep track of my stories funny things would happen good things would happen bad things would happen teachable moments would happen emotional moments would happen and sometimes I'd jot them down on a scrap of paper or a cocktail napkin if I was somewhere and be like, I got to tell people this story. Like, this is a great story to tell. And, and so over the years, I collected this folder of little scraps of paper in the backs of receipts and cocktail napkins with all my stories. And then finally, one day, somebody gave me a story journal. And I thought, this is exactly what I need. And I filled it. Over the next 12 months, I filled it with my moments and my stories and my good thoughts and my bad thoughts that I wanted to share with others. The problem was the story journal wasn't always with me. There were times when I would be at work and something would happen, but my story journal wasn't home. So I'd jot the story down on a post-it note. There'd be times when I would be at a restaurant and my story journal would be in the car and I'd think of something or something would happen. So I'd jot the story down on a napkin. And I would jam these little slips of paper and these napkins into my story journal. When I bought my story journal or got my story journal, it was like one inch thick. And a year later, it was like seven inches thick because it had so many little scraps of paper and receipts and, and post-it notes jammed in it. And I thought to myself, well, why isn't there one place where we can store all of our stories? Good stuff, bad stuff, emotional stuff, funny stuff. I have a place in the cloud to store my photos. I have a place in the cloud to store my music. Why isn't there a place in the cloud to store my stories? And I looked all over for one and I could not find one. So I made one. I created a tool called storylink.com, S-T-O-R-Y-L-I-N-Q.com. Storylink.com is the one place in the cloud where you can store all of your stories and it allows you to organize them. Happy stories, sad stories, teachable stories, funny stories and sort them by name and title and what's in them. And so if you ever are gonna meet with somebody and have a conversation that you think could change their life, or you ever have the opportunity to speak on Facebook or on Instagram or on Zoom, or you're ever in a room full of people and you feel like this is an opportunity here to help a group of people who are struggling with what I'm struggling with. You can simply go to storylink.com and choose the stories that you wanna tell that day and it organizes it all and prints it out for you in the order that you should tell them. It takes the process of putting together 
a presentation or mapping out a conversation that you want to have with somebody that is meaningful and life-changing from, from days down to minutes. And the best part is I'm right there with you every step of the way. There's targeted video teaching from me on how to tell the story the very best way. And so the website is storylink, S-T-O-R-Y-L-I-N-Q.com. And for everybody who's listening today, I'd love to give you a free 30 days to try storylink.com. If you register and use the discount code story, S-T-O-R-Y, when you register, you can get 30 days for free to try it out. Enter a few stories, watch all the free training, and see if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, you can stop at any time and not pay anything. If it does work for you, you can keep using it. But I think you're going to find that you have a story to tell. And if you can get those thoughts organized, you're going to tell it more often. If you have a place to store those stories so you don't forget the funny things and the, and the teachable moments, if you don't forget those, you're going to tell your story more often. You're going to grow in confidence. You're going to grow your impact. And that person out there right now who is struggling, you'll have a story to tell them. And it will change their life forever. So I hope everybody checks out storylink.com. If, if you think I don't have a story to tell or I'm too nervous to tell it or nobody wants to hear it, you're thinking about the wrong person. When you go to storylink.com, L-I-N-Q.com, think about the person who's going to be impacted by the stories that you enter. Think about the person who's going to have their life changed, who's not going to feel alone anymore, and who's going to have hope for the very first time in a long time because you went to storylink.com and shared your story. And, and the people in there are so supportive of each other. Like the whole community is fantastic. Well, they know the power of story. They know that facts don't change lives. Facts start arguments. Stories change lives. Stories convince people. Most importantly, stories give people hope. I thought it was ingenious when I saw when I saw your group there because I'm part of the group. And I thought, it, what a great solution to that problem, you know, because then you don't have that thick three-dimensional spot where you can't carry with you in your, in your little pocket, right? And it's always with you. It works on your phone. It works on your computer. It's with you 24-7. You know, when I had all of my little scraps of paper, I was one big gust of wind away from losing all of my stories. This is stored for all times. My computer can crash. I can break the screen on my phone. They're there. They're in the cloud. They'll be there forever. This is storylink.com. And you know, Pat, when thank you for creating this because I can tell you, um, before my dad passed away, I tried to interview him and I had all these stories and all these things and on scrap pieces of paper and it was on pencil. And years later, I, I'm writing, I'm trying to write out this this story and some of it has is gone, you know? And I wish I had something like that back then. It would have made a lot of difference. Oh, so many people are using it to store the stories of their family, to store the stories of their grandparents and their parents, and to store the stories of their kids. Because my kids, you know, are in college and, and out of college to get their jobs and get married and go to graduate school now. Wouldn't it be great to remember that one time at their third birthday when they spit on the cake or when they threw up at the dinner table? Like, those are great stories that happen in every family. And I would love to share those stories with my kids. But I don't remember all of those stories. With Storylink, they're never lost. They're there forever. And you can share them for all time from generation to generation. I love it. So yeah, check out this community because I just really love the support in it as well because people are really there for each other. And it's, it's part of the whole message, right? It's a group of people who certainly recognizes the power of story. I think if we did a poll 
everyone in the group would agree that their life was affected by a story and now they want to pay it forward pass it on and get out there and tell their stories it's going to change it's going to change lives it's going to change um yeah it's going to change the person telling the story and the person that needs to hear it for sure i i'm so glad that you created that community honestly um can i ask you a question that i sometimes ask some of my other guests but i'm interested in in hearing your answer if that's okay sure, so sure. <laughs> so my podcast is all about also giving um giving yourself a gift that uh, perhaps change the way you feel about yourself or you feel about the world or that you feel about um yeah yourself like gaining confidence and i mean it takes a lot to be mr pat quinn you know the energy the working day in day out what would you say is the most important gift that you have given to yourself that you think has changed your life um that's an interesting question. I would say, and it's not easy, so I'm gonna say it and then you're gonna be like, yeah, but how? But the most important gift that I, that I give myself each day is the permission to be myself. I hang out with people who, from my point of view, are smarter than me, more talented than me, and better than me at a lot of things. And when you do that, I think there's a real tendency to try to be like them, to try to hide your weaknesses and cover up your differences. And you, I don't know if you call it imposter syndrome, I've heard someone else call it gap management. There's this gap between the person you think you are and the person that you want other people to think you are and you spend most of your life managing that gap. One of the great gifts that I gave myself uh, about five years ago was the permission to just be myself. I, you know, I do a lot of work with a company called Advance Your Reach, where I'm the oldest person working for the company by like 10 years. They all dance when the music comes on and my back hurts. And there's a tendency when you're in a, any room like that. And that, that could be, you know, for me, that's like one professional struggle. And for you, maybe like you're in a room full of happy people and you're not happy, or you're in a room full of healthy people and you experience constant pain, or you're in a room full of people who've healed from grief and you're still experiencing grief. And I think when that happens, there's a tendency to like, just to cover up your weakness and try to be like them. And, and the daily permission that I give myself to just be myself. When the music comes on and they all start dancing, I just give my permission, myself permission to be the one who doesn't dance. When they're all talking about TikTok, I just give myself the permission to say, I don't even know what TikTok is. I, I, don't, I can't spend my whole life trying to be like other people. I just need to give myself permission to be me with all of my flaws and all of my weaknesses. And once I give myself that permission, uh, you know, this will surprise some of you and not surprise others of you. Once I give myself that permission and I'm comfortable with it, everybody else doesn't care either. It's when I cared about it that everybody else cared. It's when I tried to hide it that everybody else looked at it and poked at it and commented on it and was critical of it. But once I said, here it is, take it or leave it. Like I'm comfortable with it. I don't know if you're comfortable with it. Everybody else is like, oh, he seems comfortable with it. I guess we're comfortable. Like nobody cared, but that was because I had given myself permission to do it. And I know that's an, that sounds like, oh, that's easy to do. How do you do that? I think you just the same with get, becoming a good speaker. You just go out there and screw it up a few times and practice it. 
and and you'll learn the lesson that once you don't care, once you're comfortable with it, once you give yourself permission, everybody else is comfortable with it too. Thank you so much for answering that. And I think my audience can, can relate to that. So um, definitely it's something that is a little scary, but there's, there's nothing more um, rewarding than just being who you're meant to be. So thank you. I completely, I love that answer. <laughs> It's the only answer I got. I don't have a better answer. <laughs> I'm just me. I tried to give a better answer, but I was faking it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for people to take you up on your offer. And thank you for offering the 30 days for free on uh, StoryLink. So I, yeah, thank you. I hope that people do take advantage of that and definitely look into it because I think it will change the way they they do things it'll make things more accessible it'll make things easier for them to to um to reiterate to other people and there's nothing but positive things can come from it so you are welcome thank you for the opportunity to be here i just want everybody to know when you when you tell your story other people know that they're not alone when you tell your story other people know that there are real solutions and when you tell your story other people know that there is hope. So visit storylink.com, L-I-N-Q.com, and just keep telling your story. Thank you so much. It was an honor to, to have you on the show, and it's not something I will soon forget. So thank you, Pat. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.